0: That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward with the law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Rams Up, an LA Rams podcast with a sprinkling of coverage on other SoCal sports teams, college and pro. You can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at ramsup.com. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone. This is episode 10, getting closer to the NFL draft. We'll have some interesting takes this week and next week. What do we have this week? We have our third mock draft. We'll have another one next week. We have our fearsome four questions with the answers, of course. And something new this week. We will begin a countdown of the greatest RAM plays from my perspective. We'll have our honorable mentions and greatest play number 10 this episode. Before we get into that, let's do a rundown of Rams news, NFL news, and SoCal sports news in general. Get some baseball stuff out of the way. How about those Dodgers? Are the Dodgers and Padres the two best teams in baseball? What a show they put on this weekend, especially Friday and Saturday. As much as I pull for the Dodgers, I was kind of happy to see the Padres get a win there. I think we're going to have a lot of fun watching these two teams across the summer. Some bad news out of USC, their basketball program, which has started to string together some successes of the last few years. They were put on probation for two years. Kind of a bummer. Back to some football stuff. Got to get into that Aaron Donald story. Uh, It just broke right after our last podcast. Probably a good thing because... As things have unfolded, it was really much ado about nothing. I was skeptical to begin with. Give DeVincent Spriggs, the accuser, credit for finally apologizing. I will say that beating he took in the parking lot. I don't know what happened before that, but not cool. Never like to see that. A guy's on the ground. That's when you stop swinging. And I've also been... Doing my best to avoid the Deshaun Watson story because my life experiences have taught me to hold the judgment, wait how things unfold. I'm still not sure what to say about it. However, 23 lawsuits now filed. I don't know. It's not looking good for Deshaun. However, that's all I'm going to say about that. I've always liked the guy. I hope most of this turns out to be exaggerated or completely untrue. But if it is, shame on him. We'll see where it goes, and we'll revisit this if necessary. Another thing I wanted to mention was Sam Darnold. As we have mentioned, he was traded to Carolina. A lot of people popping up in his defense saying, hey, this guy still has great potential, could be an excellent NFL starter, and that's kind of how I feel about it. I think Carolina made a good move grabbing him. We had news of the Julian Edelman retirement, and Quite to my consternation, a lot of people throwing out the prospects of him being in the Hall of Fame. Most people shooting that down, saying he doesn't deserve it. But many of these people are also naming other players that they think should get in ahead of Edelman. Few of them mention Tory Holt, though. You stack these two guys up together. Edelman is way behind Holt. Edelman should be way behind Holt when it comes to Hall of Fame consideration. I'm thinking Tory gets in next year. He certainly deserves it. CBS Sports has unveiled a new top 200 draft prospect list. It's interesting to see where some of these guys are falling. Things are changing for a few. The one that's really got me confused is Thomas Graham, the cornerback out of Oregon. I've seen him in the 50s, and I've seen him going in the sixth round, so I'm not sure what to make of him. Other players of note that I have mentioned in past mock drafts. Quinn Meneers, they have at 119, or the fourth round overall. A lot of Ram fans want the Rams to grab him in the second round. I don't know if he's good value there, in my opinion. I think there are safer picks at center that you can get in the second round. I'd be okay with Quinn in the third or the fourth, but not the second. I could be wrong. Rams could end up using that second round pick for Quinn, the center, but I'm hoping not, to be honest with you. Creed Humphrey, the center, number 60. He's a guy that I think is more worthy of that second-round pick. Jabril Cox, an inside linebacker I like. They have at 136. Baron Browning, another linebacker at 138. Jamin Davis, in most of the mocks I've seen, is not going to be there in the second round. He's going to go late first, early second. I also wanted to mention... I've heard rumors that the Washington Football Club may just keep that name. I kind of like it. Washington Football Club. We'll see if they go that route. So hang around. We have our four questions coming up. No pet peeve this week. We will introduce our favorite play segment. and, And we'll also have our second to last positional analysis this week, the Rams safeties and our third mock draft. Again, don't forget, subscribe, give us that five star rating, we really appreciate it. Time for our penultimate positional analysis. This is our second to last. We'll be looking at safeties and next week we will look at the special teams group. Interesting situation the Rams have in the safety room. Very young, very talented. In fact, Nick Scott is their most senior safety, 25 years old, about to turn 26. The other safeties on the roster, Jordan Fuller and Taylor both 23 years old, we'll call them free safeties. Terrell Burgess and Juju Hughes, both 22 years old, we'll call them strong safeties and Jake Gervas, 25 years old as well. Now, J.R. Reed, I included him in our cornerback analysis last week. That may have been a faux pas on my part. Depends on how you view him. He's listed as a defensive back, so I think he can actually fill both roles. We'll include him in this group as well. He's a 25-year-old undrafted free agent out of Georgia. Right now, I think we would view Fuller as the starting free safety he missed five games last year, but he still had three interceptions and 60 tackles. I think we were all surprised to see him walk out as the opening day starter last week. That was against the Cowboys, remembering he had a big play in that game. I think we all figured out pretty quickly, Fuller is the guy. I think most of us were expecting Taylor Rapp to start across from John Johnson, but it was Fuller. Taylor Rapp... Still has a lot of promise, I think. He's missed some time due to injuries. He's played in 24 games over his two seasons. He has three interceptions, and he's compiled 144 tackles. He had that really bad moment against the Niners in 2019. But he's a playmaker, knows for the ball, great athlete. He's still going to have a role on this team, I think. Nick Scott, the other free safety He's been primarily a special teamer in his two years on the team. He did get on the field last year, ended up with eight tackles, played in 16 games, again, mostly on special teams. But I believe he has shown that he can be a starter in this league. Burgess broke his ankle in week seven last season, starting to get on the field. It was really disappointing to see that happen. But much like Fuller, he had started to shine, looked like a playmaker as well. And he may be the front runner for the strong safety spot. Probably is. I had said earlier that I thought Taylor Rapp may take that spot. I'm starting to hedge that bet a little bit. I think it's probably going to be Fuller and Burgess. But Rapp is going to be on the field a lot one way or another. Juju Hughes. Another strong safety 22-year-old guy. We all know him as the kid with the toothpick. He was on and off the active roster last year. Got into some games, though. Rams clearly have him in their plans as well. And then there's Jake Gervas, 25 years old. He signed a reserve futures contract this past January. I believe he's played in one game each of his first two seasons. So he's kind of one of those on the bubble, borderline guys that'll be fighting for a roster spot, especially if the Rams bring in any new safeties. And then there's GR Reid, who I mentioned earlier, the undrafted free agent out of Georgia. Is he a safety? Is he a cornerback? Apparently, he's a defensive back, so I think the Rams see him as a versatile guy that can play corner. But this is a young group. It's also a group that has fought with some injuries. Rapp, Burgess, and Fuller, their three best safeties, have have all missed time with significant injuries. Fuller missed five games last year. Burgess went out in Week 7, and Rapp has been in and out of the lineup with a variety of injuries. So... In summary, three things to consider. Can these guys stay healthy? Do we have the experience that we need? And where does Taylor Rapp fall into the Rams' plans? As far as the draft goes, I think the only way the Rams draft a safety is if they make multiple trades and end up with eight or nine picks, which is very possible. I could see them taking a safety late in the draft, very late in the draft if they have those eight or nine picks, rather than just the six they have now. I think it's unlikely, though. If they don't come out of the draft with any safeties, they'll surely bring in a strong safety type as an undrafted free agent. I did some mock drafts, focusing on safeties who might be there late in the draft, who might go undrafted. i not going to spend a lot of time on this because I don't think it's likely they're going to draft a guy. But there is one guy that stood out for me, and that's DeMar Hamlin out of Pittsburgh. He's a shade over six feet tall, 201 pounds. He was a four-year starter there for the Panthers. He has experience with different roles there in the box, covering the slot, playing zone. He's very smart with good ball skills. But the main thing is his versatility. That's something obviously the Rams value highly. And he's just one guy that jumped off the paper at me as a guy the Rams might be interested in. That's going to do it for our safety analysis. Rams look pretty good there. One of their stronger position groups. Young, inexperienced, very talented. Next week, we will look at special teams. That's the punter, kicker, long snapper, and the returners. And that'll be it for our positional analysis prior to the NFL Draft. got a new feature I wanted to introduce, and what I wanted to do was share with you my all-time favorite RAM plays. Now, I've been a RAM fan since the late 1960s. And as I made my list of great Ram plays, my favorite plays, it very quickly became evident that there is a recency bias. There's probably two reasons for that. Reason number one is the greatest show on turf uh, combined with the McVeigh era. There have been so many great plays and so much success. And number two, just simply, I'm sure there were Many great plays in the 70s and 80s and even the 90s, but I just don't recall them as well as I should. And it also could be because of the availability and accessibility of NFL games in this era. I've very rarely missed a single down of Rams football over the last 20 years. So what we'll be doing is counting down from 10 to 1 my list of Rams' greatest plays. Today, I'd like to get five honorable mentions out of the way, and then we'll press on to number 10. One that comes, the one that jumped out at me from the early 80s, September 25th, 1983, to be specific, at the New York Jets, and it was actually a bad play for the Rams. Jackie Slater gave up a sack to Mark Gastonaughe, but what I really loved about that play is what happened afterwards. It was a fight, actually. And it was pretty extreme. It was one of the better NFL fights you'll see. A Rams offensive line basically goes crazy on Gastonaw for doing his sack dance. I think Slater made the point afterwards that, hey, I shut that guy down 30, 40 times. You didn't see me doing a dance. The one time he gets by me for the sack, and actually it looked like it was more of a covered sack. He's going to dance on me. Not happening. So I love that. I go back and watch that on occasion. Honorable mention number two, October 1st, 2017 at Dallas. This was the game where Goff hit Gurley for a 53-yard little slant pattern, catch and run. And why that play was important to me is this. That's when I really kind of felt the McVeigh Rams had arrived. The Cowboys were carrying themselves like they had that game in the bag they didn't really see the Rams as a serious threat. And after that play, I think everyone in the NFL realized the Los Angeles Rams, led by Sean McVeigh, are going to be a force to be dealt with. Next up, a lot of you probably aren't going to remember this, but it's always stuck in my mind. One of my favorite plays, October 13, 1995, the Rams had just arrived in St. Louis. They were playing Atlanta, and Rich Brooks was the coach. And Brooks had already established the fact that he was not going to shy away from trick plays. Rams received a punt. Todd Kinchin caught it through a pass across the field, a backwards pass, lateral technically, to Isaac Bruce, who ran the ball back to Atlanta's. I believe it was a nine-yard line. It was just a really fun play. I always remember that one. One of my fond memories of the very short Rich Brooks era. Next up on the honorable mention, another October game seems to be a theme here. Four of these five games were in October. This one, October 19th, 2014, against Seattle in St. Louis. Another trick play. And this was that one. Oh man, it was so much fun. Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin retreats to his left as if he's going to catch the punt. Stedman Bailey runs up the sideline on the other side, does an over-the-shoulder catch of the actual punt, and returns it 90 yards for a touchdown. In actuality, I've seen the Rams try this play probably four or five times over the last couple years, and usually the announcers don't even catch it that they're actually trying to run this exact play again. Sometimes it works a little bit. I mean, if even if you can detract a couple of coverage guys in your direction... That's a win, I guess, but in this particular instance against Seattle in 2014, the Rams' special teams hit the jackpot. And the last honorable mention, October 7th, 2018, at Seattle, and that was the Jared Goff quarterback sneak to seal the win. We all remember that one. Great emotional win for the Los Angeles Rams, another win over Seattle. So those are my five honorable mentions, and then we'll get directly to number 10. January 20th, 2019 at New Orleans. How can you not include in this list the 57-yard field goal by Greg Zerline that put us in the Super Bowl? It's a shame that that followed that non-call on the pass interference. And then shortly after an overtime, John Johnson's interception after Dante Fowler. Smacks Drew Brees' arm, but a 57-yard field goal on the road to put your team in the Super Bowl? Got to include it here. Next week, my favorite play number nine. And we'll add a little bit more context and detail to each of these favorite plays moving forward. Time for our first four questions. First question one. Are the Saints still a playoff team? I say no. I think the NFC overall is still extremely competitive. All four teams from the NFC West look like they're positioned to push for playoff spots. The Packers and Bears as well, and maybe the Vikings bounce back. You're going to have at least one team from the NFC East. Tampa Bay looks to be the front runner in the South. And I think Carolina is going to be a very good team. I love their coach. I like Sam Darnold, and I like their running back. And another team that maybe is overlooked is Atlanta. It wasn't very long ago that they were a very competitive team, and I don't know of any team in the league that has suffered more bad luck and bad karma over the last two years than the Falcons. They still have some very good core players. Matt Ryan's still a productive quarterback. So they could be competitive. So where does that leave the Saints? I'll tell you this. Drew Brees is not their quarterback anymore. And I don't care who is the quarterback. It's not Drew Brees. And the Saints could struggle. Question number two. What is the average age of the Rams roster It seems like forever the Rams have had one of the youngest teams in the league, and that trend continues. They're the third youngest in the league right now, as we speak, 25.94, just under 26 years of age. The two youngest teams are Indianapolis and Carolina, followed by the Rams. The Niners, by the way, are the oldest team, over 27 years of age on average, and Arizona is the second oldest. Seattle runs in the middle of the pack, right around 26 and a half years old. And if you don't think that's significant, it actually is. When you're talking about over 50 players and taking an average, and the difference is two or three years, that is actually very significant. some question three. What year will Andrew Whitworth retire? I did some quick calculations, and I came up with the year 2034. No, I'm just kidding. I I suspect this will be his last year. I'm just guessing maybe two more years. But I'm thinking 2021, at the end of the 2021 season, that may be it for him. Hopefully he'll stick around for two. Because that's about when the Rams recover as far as the salary cap. And they can go out and snag another left tackle-free agent. Fearsome question four. Who will return punts for the Rams in the upcoming season? We are going to get a little bit deeper into that next week during our special teams analysis, final positional analysis for the Rams. But for now, let's consider the possibilities. Webster and Cup, Kalais, or possibly a rookie. I'm never a big fan of a rookie returning punts. But that may be the answer this year. I think what we're going to see is, I think we're going to see a continuation of Cooper Cup returning punts deep in their own end inside the 15 with perhaps a rookie rotated in for kicks where you're really looking for a good return. I mean, you always care about ball security, but I'm just not thrilled with a rookie fielding punts inside the 15 yard line. So I guess I'm kind of copping out on this answer. I think it's going to be a combination of cup and rookie. Webster will have an opportunity to keep his job in the preseason, and he'll have to make the most of his opportunities, especially when it comes to ball security. That's our fearsome four questions for the week. If you have any suggestions, send us an email at ramsuppodcast.gmail.com, at and we'll take a look at it. As you regular listeners know, we've been sharing a mock draft result every episode once a week. And we're at it again. we got another one to share with you. I wanted to mention a few things about our approach on this to make sure everybody's clear. We use the Draft Networks user interface. We stick with the RAM 6 picks. No trading. Try to match value with need. And we also take into consideration the players the Rams have met with. Of course, that's making the assumption that those meetings went well and the Rams liked what they heard, but we'll run with that. Now, on this mock draft, I did something a little bit differently. I pulled in the CBF Sports Top 200 Player Rankings that were published the other day just to make sure that the draft network's rankings jived pretty much, with something else. And the reason I did that, I've noticed that some of my picks in recent drafts uh, I was probably reaching when I shouldn't have been, using the Draft Network's rankings. And I was also selecting players very late in the draft that were probably not going to be there. It's really difficult to know whose draft rankings are the most accurate. So this time blending two CBS Sports and the Draft Network. Hopefully the results are a little more realistic. Now, in the first two mock drafts I did, uh, the first one I went after an inside linebacker first, and the second one I went after a center. This time I went about it a little bit differently, and I think I got myself into trouble later on in the draft. You'll see how it plays out here. Not overly excited about the overall results of this draft, but I still like some of these players a lot. In the first round, I decided I wanted to go after a cornerback. Set my mind on that, and Elijah Molden out of Washington was sitting there, and he's actually pegged as a slot corner, and that and that's really what the Rams need most. Williams and Ramsey on the outside, Hill gone, David Long covering the slot at the moment. They're a little thin at cornerback overall. Let's bring in Molden the cornerback out of Washington. So that was the Rams' first selection, number 57 overall in the second round. In the third round, at 88, a guy that Ram Nation is in love with, Dwayne Eskridge, was still available. Now that may be a little late for Eskridge, but I don't think it's totally unrealistic that he'd be there at 88 overall in the third round. So I picked up Dwayne Eskridge, the wide receiver out of Western Michigan. This is a speed guy, a guy that can provide that vertical threat. I realize we have Deshaun Jackson in the house now, but he's had some injury concerns. He's getting a little long in the tooth. So let's bring in Dwayne Eskridge, a long-term project to develop as a vertical threat in the NFL. The Rams had two picks in the third round. The next one was at 103 overall. And in the first two mock drafts I did, in both cases, that's where I took the cornerback. I already have one now. And one of the things we're finding here is maybe taking the cornerback early is not such a great idea because there's actually very good cornerbacks still available at this point. But I was getting really nervous about solidifying that interior offensive line. I didn't find a center I wanted, or that was great value at this point. So I took Deontay Brown out of Alabama, more of a guard type. The guy is gigantic, but he's pegged for right about this spot, right around here in the draft. He'd have to play guard in all likelihood, and I don't know if guard is necessarily the Rams need here unless Corbett is going to slide over to center or Ancrum's ready to play center, and Brown will fill in as a starter eventually along that interior. As I already mentioned, this pick may come back and bite me in a second, as you'll see. In the fourth round, number 141 overall, as I've said in previous mock drafts, I don't see Edge as as big a need as others do, as far as the Rams are concerned. But you cannot pass on a guy like Patrick Jones, the second-edge the edge rusher out of Pittsburgh, snagged him in the fourth round. The Rams have no pick in the fifth round, no trading, as I've said. So we slide all the way to the sixth round, pick number 209 overall. And I'm looking for an inside linebacker at this point. I really want an inside linebacker, a dynamic player. Haven't been able to find one anywhere in these previous picks where it was a sensible value pick at that point. But there is a center I really liked. That's in that 200 to 250 zone as far as player rankings. And that's Drake Jackson out of Kentucky. Even though I already have Deontay Brown, Brown's probably not going to be able to play center. Let's take Drake Jackson and we have our center moving forward. I think he's a future NFL starter. Solid pick in my opinion. Just not thrilled about having two interior offensive linemen in this draft. And in the seventh round, number 252 overall, really scratching the claw and trying to find someone that fits the Rams' needs here. I went with Paddy Fisher, the inside linebacker out of Northwestern. He's an old-school, run-stopping linebacker. Not that dynamic, sideline-to-sideline guy I'd prefer to have, but he's a guy that can play in the early downs, a thumper with a good chance of making this roster, so that's who I went with. And I said it after the previous two mock drafts. I'll say it again here. I fully expect less need to make multiple trades and end up with more than six picks. I'm thinking seven, possibly even eight. And if they have seven or eight picks, I'd feel much better about coming away with two interior offensive linemen like I did here with just six picks. So in summary, we have three offensive players and three defensive players. We have a cornerback an edge rusher, and an inside linebacker. We have two interior offensive linemen and a wide receiver. So that's our mock draft for this week. We will have it posted on our website along with our two earlier drafts, ramsup.com, and we'll do this again next week. Another thing we are doing next week, we're looking forward to this, we are going to lock horns with a listener Got a problem with something we said, a draft pick we made, or an answer we gave? Shoot us an email at ramsuppodcast@gmail.com and we will lock horns with you and settle it. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And please, subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.